Well, good morning again. We're so glad you guys are here. If you're new, we're especially glad you're here. Like they said in the video, stop by the welcome desk on your way out for a free gift. Stop by the food truck. I promise you it is so good. They have a burrito and they put french fries in it and it's, it's, so, it's so good. And you got to do it. And you do nachos and instead of chips, you can get french fries. And so, again, it's just so good. And then you have to go run 20 miles. But it's okay because while you're eating it, it's great. And so there's a lot of fun stuff going on back there with the students as well. They're having end of the year parties because uh, school wrapped up this week. And so a lot of good stuff. There's a ton of stuff coming up here over the summer at Journey. Beach camp, White Mills camp, all that stuff. Make sure and download the app or stop at the Welcome Center if you have any questions about it. So we are in the fourth week of this series, and so uh, we've been in this better series, and we've been asking questions that are really questions that all of us need to wrestle with. And today we're, we're going to cover a topic that we've talked about before. So if you've been around Journey uh, the past five or six years, you know that several years ago I read a book, and that book got a question going in my mind based on that. And so we're going to cover that today, but it's something I literally preach this almost same sermon once a year, um, and it's for me as much as it is for you guys, and so we're going to talk about that. But where we've been in this better series is this idea, um, are we making the best choices possible, and are there tools that we can use to help us make the best choices? And so we started uh, with a question in, or a verse in Proverbs chapter 27. I'll put it up again. It's going to be up every week, so you'll get used to it. A prudent person, so this is a person that kind of stops, and we think of a uh, prudent, in fact, maybe you've even heard like somebody's a prude, like it sounds like a bad thing, but it's actually, in this context, a very good thing. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So essentially, there's moments in life, there's decisions in life where we need to take a pause and kind of think about the situation. That's where we've been at the last four weeks, but there are some people that they don't do that. And the Bible refers to them, and I love this word again, simpleton, which is someone, that, and we all know people, and maybe in seasons of life or with choices that we have, we've done this. We don't think about the ultimate. We only think about the immediate. And so we don't think about, oh, there's going to be consequences possibly because of this choice and this decision. And we just make that choice and we go on, and many of us can admit that we've sometimes suffered the consequences. So we've been asking questions, and so this is the fourth week, and so there's a new question we're going to ask, and again, we've covered this one before, but it's one of the best questions that we can ask. And so to set it up, we're going to look at Solomon, who's often considered to be the wisest man to ever live. Um, he has this beautiful section of scripture that he writes, and it takes place in Proverbs, and we're going to read it, and here's what he says. Joyful, so this is someone that has joy in their life, is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. Now, here, here's what I know about this. And so let me go ahead and just say this. So today we're going to be talking about wisdom. And we're going to ask a specific question about wisdom. Now, here's the problem with us, and me included. So we'll just go ahead and kind of throw this out there and don't elbow anybody. Um, but here's the thing. Um, we already think that we're really wise, don't we? Right? And we already think that we have some wisdom. And what's funny is wisdom is something that comes with experience, which is why a lot of young people um, think that they're wise, but they're really not that wise. And then you have a lot of older people um, that have experienced some things and can speak into some of these things because wisdom comes with experience. So we have to understand that first of all, but let's go back to the, the premise of this series is essentially, and this is true, 
Life is just a series of decisions that you make stacked on top of each other. That's what your life is. Every single one of us in this room, we have made choices that literally have led us to this seat that we're sitting in right now or watching online or later on your phone or on the podcast. Like, life is just a series of choices that stack upon each other, okay? Sometimes they were choices made for us. Sometimes they were choices we make. Sometimes they were choices we felt pressured to make. But that's all it is. And my hope is for me and for you is that you want to make informed and wise choices, But we've already kind of said, most of us already think that we're wise. And here's the other thing. Most of us already think we know everything, don't we? Right? Socrates said him, this Greek philosopher, lived a long time ago. But he has this great quote. I love it. He says, the only true wisdom is knowing you know nothing. Right? And sometimes that's actually wise. Is to realize that maybe there's not as much that I actually do know. All right. The other thing is this. When it comes to making decisions and wisdom, self-deception comes naturally. In fact, one of my favorite books, I have it in my office if everybody wants to borrow it, is by the Arbiter Institute, which is this offshoot of Harvard Business, Business School, and it's called Leadership and Self-Deception. And the idea behind it is how easy it is for us to deceive ourselves into believing something when it's actually really a bad decision. For example, let me just be honest with you. I am so good at making bad decisions that I can make a bad decision look like a great decision with one hand tied behind my back, right? Anybody else? I can make bad choices look like good choices. I can make a poor financial choice sound like the opportunity of a lifetime, right? I mean, we we can do this and we convince ourselves of this, right? Spend more, save more. Think about that. Spend more, save more. No, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, right? But it sounds like a good idea. Or how about this? You've skipped much-needed workouts under the guise of I need my rest or I'll start tomorrow, right? I have rationalized countless pizzas and buffalo wings with the phrase, everybody needs to live a little, right? Anybody else? Okay, we need to live a little, right? Or how, how about this? I've wasted massive amounts of time doing kinds of things that seemed important but have no accumulative value. There's this thing, in fact, I get it every Sunday morning, and it was fitting today. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you, you can do this thing where you can look at screen time. And once a week, they'll send you a report of your screen time. And this week, and I don't know why, I was up 25% of, over my average of screen time. And here's the thing. I can promise you there was nothing that I did on my phone this week that added any accumulative value to my life. But yet we do this, right? And we do this all of the time. And we think about this. I mean, poor relationship decisions, um, you know, and even when it comes to like the serious things like addiction. And we have people that have suffered through different types of addictions. But when we we go into this, we deceive ourselves. We, We say things like, well, this won't hurt anybody. Or maybe we say things like, I'll only do it once. Or I'll be careful. Or here's the great one. I can handle it. Or I can quit whenever... I want. But that's deception. And it's deceiving ourselves. So, so Paul, later on, he, he writes this amazing scripture, and we've studied this one as well, but it's one of my favorite verses. And he says this in Ephesians. He says this, so be careful how you live. So he's talking to a specific audience, but he's really kind of broadcasting this to the larger church, including us today. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So this is just great advice. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And here it is. Don't act thoughtlessly. So he's saying you need to think about what you're going to do. 
but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, I love this because what he says is, be, but understand. And we sit there and we go, okay, well, I don't understand what God wants me to do. So this is kind of a tricky thing. But the reality is, as we work through this question today, as we work through the questions we've covered the last four weeks, the reality is for most of us, when it comes to a choice, if we would filter it through these choices, if we would filter it through what we're going to talk about today, we probably know what the right thing to do is. It's just, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to take the time? Okay? And so how do we keep from acting thoughtlessly? Okay? So typically when we make up choices and decisions, most of us, me included, we, we run it through a less sophisticated, sophisticated grid than we're going to talk about today. For most of us, and, and I'll be honest, I'll just speak about myself. When I make a decision, here's what it comes down to. What do I want now? What do I want now? That's all I think about. What do I want right now in this moment, right? What do I want now? Again, our temptation is always to go to the immediate, not the ultimate, okay? One of the things every year I get to talk to uh, high school students with baccalaureate. I didn't do it this year, but I've done it almost every year, the last five years. And then when I go to camp and speak to middle school and high school kids, uh, one of the questions I tell them is, as a young person, and, but this is good for any age, is what we have to do is, is we have to ask this question. Decide who you want to be, and then decide what you'll do. The problem is, for most of us, we decide what we want to do, which in turn decides who we're going to be. Does that make sense? When you start making choices without the state filtering through the filter of who you want to be as a human being, what you want people to say about us, we talked about this week too, the story, the legacy kind of idea, right? The problem is what you do will actually determine who you are. And so you have to run it through a different filter. Now, when it comes to Christians, we have a filter that we should run this through, all right? We are supposed to be like Christ as followers of Christ. Now, if you're not a Christian in this room or you're figuring this thing out or you're still kind of on your exploratory thing, I mean, that's great, okay? But for those of us that have claimed to be Christians, we already have a grid, a filter through which we should run this through, and it is, is it being like Christ? Is this a Christ-like decision? Okay, but let me just be honest with you, Okay? We don't do that, do we, right? Have you ever been somewhere and you're like, what would Jesus do in this moment, right? There was a great movement of bracelets and all that stuff, but nobody did it. I mean, people would wear the bracelet and then still make the dumb choice, right? You know what I'm talking about? And so we, we don't often do this. So we have come up with a different version of this question. Now, this is along the same lines, but it is different. Here's what we ask, if we even ask this at all. Is there anything wrong with it? You ever ask yourself that? I'm about to make a choice is there anything wrong with it? Okay, so the assumption is if there's nothing wrong with it, then it's okay. The assumption is if it's not illegal, unethical, or immoral, then it qualifies as a live option. Now, for Christians, we run it through even, uh, we kind of change the language a little bit if we do this, but some of us maybe do this. And this, the question is not so much is it okay to do, but, but here's the question we may ask. Ready? How close can I get to sin without actually sinning? You ever done that? I have. Come on, let's be honest. All right. Have you ever asked yourself, how close can I get to this without actually sinning? Because I don't want to sin, and hopefully we ask that question, but how close can I get to it? It's a slippery slope, right? Is there anything wrong with it? How close to sin can I get without sinning? Now, if that is the filter we use, and let me go ahead and tell you, if the question you start with, is there anything wrong with it, or the question you use if you're a Christian, is, is, it, is, it, is it sinning, 
Those questions, if those are the only ones you ask, will always lead you to another question. And it's a question on the other side of a lot of these choices. Ready? And here's the question that many of us have had to ask ourselves if we only use those two questions as the filter. Ready? Here it is. How did I get myself into this mess? You ever been there? How, how did I actually get here? And the, the answer is, well, because your filtration system of making choices was not a very sophisticated one. Listen, what I have learned in 40 years of life, not only through my own life, but through watching the lives of other people, many in this room, is this. Life has enough unavoidable pain and hurt. Listen, there's just things in life that are going to be painful and they're going to hurt and it's unavoidable. So why would we create more pain and hurt for ourselves, right? Why would we do that, okay? And so here is actually the better questions that I think that we should kind of filter this through. And again, we've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it every year as long as I'm here at least once a year. And so here's the first one. First question. Thinking of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? So when it comes to making a choice, right, what is the wise thing to do based on your past experiences? George Santaya, who's a philosopher, said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. There's a famous saying out there, and there's been several different people that have been attributed to it, um, but the idea of insanity, what's the definition of insanity, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? That's insanity, that we just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so we should learn from the past. History is actually one of the greatest teachers, not only in our life, but for us culturally. And so when it comes to making choices, here's some things that you could ask when it comes to making a choice or decision. What happened last time? It's simple. What happened last time you went there? What happened? What happened last time you called them? What happened last time you did that? What happened last time you let that person have that much influence on you? What happened last time you allowed them to get to that level of emotional state with you? What happened last time you let them in? I mean, what happened last time? Uh, was it something that, that, that we experienced that was good and positive in our life? Or was it something that was negative? And so what's crazy is a lot of times we come to a choice in life, and I do this all the time, and decisions in life. And if we just look to the past and said, well, what happened last time? Well, there's your answer. Well, it wasn't good, and they hurt us. And, and, and you know, like, there's one of my favorite verses. I just love it because it has the word vomit in it. But there's this verse that says, like, a dog returns to its vomit, a fool returns to its folly. And the idea behind it is, listen, that dogs are going to keep going. I mean, have you ever watched it? Okay. A dog, but <laughs> it's gross, but it's, like, fascinating at the same time. But you're just like, really? But we all know people that keep returning, right? And some of us, we keep returning, and you don't have to. And here's another thing for you. We're going to talk about this later. You don't have to be there if they're going to keep doing that. You don't have to be. And so do we allow our past to be a teacher? Another thing to consider when it comes to your past is this. Your personal history is unique to you. So sometimes the question is, is it okay for people to you know, do this or do this or experience this or do this. Okay, we're not talking about other people. We're talking about you. Here's the other thing that I've learned. Some of our past experiences predispose us towards specific weaknesses, doesn't it? But it also, it, it works the other way, right? For some of us, our personal history makes us more prone to avoid the temptation 
Or in certain circumstances, sometimes because of our past or because of who we are just as an individual, there are some things that some people need to stay 20 miles away from. But there are things that, that maybe it's not that big of a deal to us or it's something in our life and it's, it's easy for us to not overindulge either, just to walk away from that. But for other people, it's not. And so you have to be aware of that, right? And we all know this. There's certain things in life that for me, it's just not a temptation. But for you, it might be. And so in light of our, listen, our past experiences, and if you ever have people around you that are making choices that you know is a bad decision for you based on your past experience, you need to decide for yourself in those moments based on my past experience, is this a wise thing to do? So the first one is this. It's simple. In light of my past experience, what's the wise thing to do? The next filter is this one. Thinking of my current circumstances. So where you are right now. So the past, but also today, right now, what is the wise thing to do? What is your frame of mind, your emotional state, and even your physical health right now? Where are you? And you consider your current responsibilities and commitments. One of the, one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned is when you say yes to something, you're saying no to other things. Did you know that? When you say yes to something, that by default means you're saying no to other things. And so if you said yes to certain things in your life right now, that means that possibly you're saying no to other things. One of my favorite other sayings is this, no for now doesn't mean no forever, right? Life is seasonal. And so based on your current circumstances in life right now, there may be certain things you have to say no to, but later it may be okay. Just give you some examples, okay? Guys, I hope you're paying attention to this, right? If your wife just had a kid, now is not the time to take up golf, okay? That doesn't mean you can't take up golf later. That means that's a no for now, right? Okay, so for example, um, for others of us, if you're entering a new relationship and it's a successful one and you're happy about this relationship, you know, it may not be the best time to take a hiatus for six months and go somewhere else, right? So it might be a no for now, but not forever. Or, or, or maybe for some of us, it's like this, like, you know, debt is just this huge thing in our culture. But if you know you got some expensive stuff coming up, you've got some, some payments, you're, you're getting older in years and your daughter's about to get married, or your kids are about to go to college. Okay, it may be no right now, I shouldn't go buy this or acquire this because we are going to have some bills popping up. But it doesn't mean no forever. The other thing is this, it's not just about those things, sometimes it's about this, like if you're in a rut right now and you're emotionally and spiritually not in a good place, it may not be the best time to make major life decisions. And so what you have to do sometimes is even if you feel the pressure, and listen, I've been here, I've felt the pressure of other people to make a choice, but I'm not in a state of mind to make that choice because of where I am right now, I need to say no, or I got to figure this out later. And so it's a no for now, not forever. And so sometimes we have to be aware of where we are currently, physically, emotionally, spiritually, where we are financially, where we are relationally, okay, and decide, okay, this is something that just can't be a part of my life right now. Again, maybe not forever, but for now, okay? And then lastly, Thinking of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? 
Now, the Bible is very clear on this, that we are not promised tomorrow. We only have today. And so we should live in today. We, we should make choices based on today because none of us are promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen. But at the same time, let's be honest, most of us in this room have future hopes and dreams, right? And that's okay. We want things for tomorrow. But what happens sometimes is when we make choices that have consequences, we rob ourselves of the tomorrow that we could have based on something we chose today, right? Unfortunately, I live in a world, because of what I do for a living, that I've had conversations with men and women who, because of a choice that they made today, are not allowed to see their children tomorrow, right? And I've seen people that, because of a choice they made today, their marriage is not going to be around tomorrow. And so sometimes what we do is we make choices not thinking about tomorrow and the future hopes and dreams that we have. We're only thinking about the moment, which again goes back to my original point. Who do you want to be? We are all becoming people, certain types of people. And the person that you've been up until this point is not the person you have to be five years down the road. You can change. I mean, that's the whole point of this whole series is it's possible to live better. And so who do you want to be? What kind of person do you think God is leading you to be? Too many times we rob ourselves when we make decisions in the moment, not thinking about how that will impact our future. And are you ready for this? Because this is the one that we got to play with the heartstrings a little bit. You are never isolated in the choices that you make. So the choices that you make don't just affect your tomorrow. It may affect your kids' tomorrows and your spouse's tomorrows and your parents' tomorrows and your friends' tomorrows. And we see this all the time. And the other thing that's crazy about this principle, all three filters, but especially about the idea of looking into tomorrow and thinking about tomorrow, is it's so easy to see in other people, isn't it? Right? The irony of all of this is that when we see other people making bad choices, it's obvious. And we are so quick to say something too, aren't we? Usually not to them because we're filled with gossips, okay? But we usually say it to somebody else. Can you believe they did this? It's so easy to see. I counsel with a lot of people. And I think people think that counseling is, is weak or dumb. And those, that's stupid, okay? All of us are jacked up. Let's just go ahead and assume that. We all need counseling. We all need people to talk to. We all need an outsider's perspective sometimes. So a lot of times when I talk with, with people in counseling, one of the things that happens is um, people will say stuff to me. And, and very honest, and, and my promise to anybody that ever needs counseling is anything you say to me will never leave the room, okay? It, it won't. But sometimes what people say to me is they'll say something, and I'll stop them. And I'll say, hey, can you just repeat that again? Can, can you just say that? Just stop. And just tell me exactly what you just said. And they'll say it again. And I'll be like, okay, so you said it twice. So, so this is what you just told me. Okay? So let me ask you a question. If you had a friend that you loved or your daughter or son came up to you and just told you what you just told me, what would you say and they're like, well, I'd say that that's crazy, or I'd say that they need to get out of that relationship, or I'd say they don't need to go there. And I'm like, so why do you not love yourself enough to tell yourself that? Because self-deception becomes so easy. 
And so if it's the advice we would give somebody else, why won't we do it for ourselves? Why don't we love ourselves enough sometimes to take the advice that's, I mean, it's there. Understand the will of God. That was what Paul said. Sometimes we know. It's just, are we willing to tell it to ourselves? We all got a friend who have robbed themselves in this way. Too much debt, too much alcohol, too many risks, too many unhealthy relationships, too many nights out, too many missed classes, too many, too many, too many. We all know people and we can see it. So why don't we allow ourselves to go through that same filter? We've all watched someone we care about trade his or her dreams for a moment, a weekend, a habit, a promise, or a kiss. And so with that in mind, thinking of the future of who I want to be, what is the wise thing to do? What's the wise thing for me to do? So when it comes to a choice, it's just simple. It only takes 30 seconds. Okay, what's the wise thing for me to do in this moment? Is the wise thing for me to do to leave? Is the wise thing for me to do to walk away from this transaction? Is the wise thing for me to do, are you ready for this, parents? Sometimes I don't need to say something right now because if I say something right now, it's going to be bad. You guys, I'm that way, right? I tell people sometimes, you don't want me to respond in this moment because it's not going to go well for either one of us, okay? So what's the wise thing to do when it comes to choices that we have to make? What is the wise thing in light of your past experiences, your future hopes and dreams, or your current circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams? What's the wise thing to do? When I do premarital counseling with couples, um, one of the things I always tell them is, is this. I said, there's no such thing as marriage problems. Marriage problems is what do we keep the thermostat on? Mar- marriage problems is what side of the bed do we sleep on? That's marriage problems. Most of the problems that most of us have are things from our past we brought into it. And so I tell them, I say, your past will always become your present and you'll always carry it into your future unless you do something. Say that again, because some of you are like, that doesn't make any sense. Listen, whatever you experienced in your past has led you to where you are right now. And unless you do something, you will always carry it into your future. Unless you decide to start changing the filter. What is the wise thing to do? As you evaluate where you are financially, relationally, morally, professionally, spiritually... What would you do differently in each of these areas if you were to embrace this thinking? In light of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do right now? And so let's just get real practical. For some of you in this room, you've got a choice to make. What is the wise thing for you to do financially right now? I don't know. I'm not you. What is the wise thing for you to do relationally? Got a relationship that you're just like... You know, I know it's not good, but they're cute. And from my experience, it's a lot easier to be, you know, and you're like, okay. It's a lot easier to be cute than become a Christian, you know. So we have that weird thing we got to, but like, come on. How about morally? (coughs) Professionally? And then spiritually? Sometimes we need to take a moment and just be painfully honest with ourselves. What would you do differently in each of these areas if you were to evaluate each component and run your life through that filter. What's the wise thing to do? Now, one more thing. If you aren't willing to do it for yourself, and I get some of us are just, we're gonna dismiss this, and we're like, well, that was interesting. Let's go out and do whatever we want again, okay? If you're not willing to do it for yourself, can I just appeal to you for just a second? 
would you do it for your children? Because they are watching and they are absorbing. You are a unique blend of your past experiences, current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams. And so are they. And a lot of us as parents, we're influencing their past experiences, who they'll see themselves as one day, and what future hopes and dreams they have. You are influencing, whether you realize it, and you are projecting onto them some of your stuff. Remember, our decisions don't just affect us. It doesn't have to be the way it's always been. You don't have to be the same person you've always been. You can change. Your life can change. Now, if you take that challenge, let me go ahead and say, if you choose to start doing the wise thing in your life, it doesn't mean it won't be hard or challenging. Because our natural default is to do what we want right now, regardless of the consequences. So it will be hard. But here's what I've learned in 40 years of life. Most things worth doing in life are hard. There's very few things in life that are worth pursuing that are actually very easy. The other side of this is that's why we're meant to do life together. Life is tough. And I know that everybody wants to get it right. I hope. So life is hard. And as a church, we're just here to help. We all need people in your life that will help make you sharper and wiser. And we'll talk more about that next week. But for now, maybe the best question you can do for yourself, the best question you can ask of yourself in light of my past circumstances, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Let's pray.